Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and... I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning and welcome in. Saturday Suckage. If you're a Cub fan, it was Friday Suckage. Welcome in to whatever the hell we're doing here. All I know is that it's Saturday Suckage. I'm not sure who's here or when they'll be here or why. So I think we need to take attendance. Grober. It's Grober and it free bases. Thank you, Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Chris Rock. I suck so bad he used to pick me after the white kids. Mark Grody. Mark Grody. Bueller. Bueller. The trash Bueller. can is 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 Grody wired in yet? Apparently not. I don't know where the hell he's at. 
I, I, I mean, I guess we'll just have to do the show without him. It's okay. He's too busy so, for us. You know, it's whatever. It's all right. I got this. But you sent out this tweet where we're going to force Grody on the air. So you're going to force Grody to be a guest on his show that he can't co-host like he normally does. Yes, he is. He is an involuntary guest on the show. I, 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 I there was no nose to be taken when I booked him. You just said this. You're giving him a time. That's it. Make your appointment. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Just say, hey, hey, uh, twelve twenty. You're on. Okay. Cool. Talk to talk then. All right. Why didn't you tell him he was co-hosting? But it's that it, it's you. So you're you're trash that's panda is co-hosting, right? Uh, apparently, yeah. This it's, it's the yeah. Let's do it, man. It's your time. Grody's not here. I'm here though. It's your, it's your time. <laughs> All right. Um, since you are a White Sox fan, let's start with you. Was this an annoying crosstown series leading up to it tomorrow last night? Was this frightening because you came back from a? I mean, you come back from a road trip where you're playing a whole bunch of good teams. You go seven and seven. And it's a perfect trap game, if not a trap series. And you're playing the Cubs. And all of a sudden, it's 6 nothing in the first inning. And you're playing an embarrassing excuse for a major league roster, and you're down 6 nothing, And you can't afford to have a letdown, even against an embarrassing major league roster. And then that happens. Were you worried? Were you fearful? What was it like going into that? And then that top of the first... I honestly was not concerned at all about this series. I mean, well, if you look at the the White Sox coming into this series, I think if you're them and personally looking at it as a fan, it's like, oh, we get the Cubs now. The Cubs suck. We just played a bunch of really good teams. This is going to be, this is like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh man, we're going to get some wins, like some easy wins here. I wasn't even concerned after the six, nothing deficit in the first because I know how bad the Cubs pitching is. It's like, oh, they'll be fine. I bet they make a game of this. I did not expect them to score 17 runs, but I was not shocked to see them take control of the game eventually. So like, I, I looked at this as like kind of a relaxing series. This series doesn't have the intensity that a Cubs Sox series has normally had, at least from my perspective, because like last year, I, it felt like a lot more of a thing because both teams were heading towards playoff runs, right? And but this year, by the time they played the first series, the Cubs have already jettisoned their entire roster. So it was just like, oh, yeah, the Sox are going to come in here and sweep them right out of Wrigley. And they did. And I, 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 I would expect them to sweep again this weekend, though, though I would hope they win at least two out of three and avoid losing a series to an extremely bad team. But as for last night, like I was not concerned after a six zero deficit in the series in general is just like, ah, all right. Oh, thank God. A bad team. <laughs> they, they get a, a run of bad teams that they can just really put the division away. And we, it all starts here. Well, not just the division. You, that's, that's a foregone conclusion. The, the, the part of it is, is getting some kind of home field event, finishing no worse than the second seed. That's what you need these teams for. But it's really hard to convince a team of major leaguers or any. And the, the, the betting line for a lot of years, I know specifically in hockey, was a, the home game, first home game after a four-game road trip, bet the visitors. 
because everybody's looking around, they're distracted, they're back, they just got back, whatever they did on the road trip is still on their minds. And then there's a whole bunch of distractions when you're home. I want tickets, I want this. And it was more so because it's Cubs. So now you got even more distractions because it's it's the city series, whatever you want to call it. It's just it's such nonsense that they they give out phallic devices as a as a as a as a prize. But the idea that you come home after that and that was that what it's really hard to convince them they didn't just do something when they competed so well against good teams and they managed to come 500 without. Anderson, when he missed four games, and you saw the you go, we go kind of thing. He's just that kind of, I don't know, I compared him last week that there's a jeterness about him. Whatever it is, you look at all the shortcomings, you can talk about what he doesn't do, but when you watch what he does and what he means to that team and the way he acts, that's that's your leader. That's your you go, we go kind of guy, and it's terrific to see, but you can still see how they all could have let down but now that you win the game now that you come back despite you have a bunch of questions now like the manager who what is he doing with that bullpen so you have Lance Lynn he's going today he needs to win today I he he needs to shut down that embarrassing excuse for a major league roster and Cubs uniforms and you need to get the same kind of offense against Alec Mills and maybe rain washes out Kyle Hendricks' start on Sunday, but you need Lynn to be Lynn. And I, he is on quite the run. <laughs> He's on quite the run of quotes. He wins the quote of the month. In May, you may remember, he was asked about the horrifyingly stupid unwritten rules of the game when when um, our guy Mercedes hit Astadio's 3-0 pitch for a homer. And LaRusa kind of gave the okay for the Twins to throw at Mercedes. And Lynn's quote was, if a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. So that was May. In June, again, we talk about these series because they played the Rays in June. And he asked if... If the series against the, the league-leading Rays was a challenge, his answer was, it's June. No one gives a bleep. We like that. In July, he was asked, he threw 117 pitches and gave the Sox a chance to, to beat the Tigers. He was asked how he knows he was up to the task of throwing 117 pitches. I'm a big bastard. That's how I know. And so now, Trash Panda, we have... We have Lance Lynn. I'm a big August. bastard. That's how I know. Yeah, I just had to work go. that in. So we have we have Lance Lynn in August. He was on the White Sox pregame show. Chuck Garfine and Ozzy Guillen are sitting on the desk hours before the game, and they're doing the show. And here comes Lance Lynn walking by and talking about Chuck. Asks him a good question about fitting in on the south side, feeling like a south sider, and all that. And he said he knew years and years ago, here's his answer, years and years ago, that he knew how it could work for him. 
I'll tell you what, I remember back in 05 when you guys won, I remember watching Jenks and all those guys play. I'm like, man, I can do that. I can, I can, <laughs> I can be a dickhead. And it's like one of those things where I was like, all right, when I got here, saw the fans, got going, and it just kind of came out, and it's been natural. So I've been enjoying it. <laughs> That's, how perfect is that? He's how so, wonderful. He's so incredibly perfect for the, for the White Sox. Like, it's, it's almost a shame that he... It's just this year that he was able to get with the White Sox because he, it, imagine if he was a lifelong White Sox pitcher or career long, however you want to put it like that would it, he just fits so well. And I know they really like him in St. Louis still. I have some friends that are fans, big fans of the Cardinals. And like when they heard that Lance Lynn was coming here, they're like, I'll oh, take care of my big guy. And it's like, oh, I will. Like, I love this guy already. And he's he's so unbelievably perfect for this team. It's, I mean, the easiest decision that Rick Hahn made this season is extending him. It was just a no-brainer. Like, yeah, we're going to lock this guy up because he's perfect. He's the, he looks like the guy who, he looks like the White Sox fan who won a contest to get to play for the White like, Sox. Yeah, it looks like they, they ripped him from a slow pitch game in some park <laughs> on the south side. You know, like he looks like he is a slow pitch pitcher or a slow pitch first baseman. Like he doesn't look like he should be a professional pitcher, let alone one that's in the top is the favorite right now still to win the Cy Young. And, you know, he was talking about when he, when he was breaking in the, the pitchers he had on the St. Louis staff and, and La Russa managed him and and LaRusa's a really good Lance Lynn LaRusa connection is a really good example for Michael Kopech about how, here's what you're going through because LaRusa was a guy who used Adam Wainwright as a, a closer as a rookie to win a World Series and watching the pitching staff Lance Lynn is now kind of John Lackey for what Lackey did was and and that kind of guy Lance Lynn said there was a John Lackey there John Lackey was one of his influences and you could see the way that, that's just good old country hardball. Here's my best. Do your best. Here it is. That's How can you not love that? You have I, to love, I love that. I love the mentality of any pitcher that is just like, yeah, I'm going to throw my fastball right over the plate. Go ahead and try to hit it because I think I can beat you with any pitch. Here it is. 96 mile an hour fastball just off the center of the plate. You're going to miss it, and I'm going to go sit in the dugout. Yeah, there's a Larry Birdness about that. Where he would he would talk trash right, he'd have the ball. I go, he's I'm gonna fake right, I'm gonna go left, go right around you, lay it in, okay? And then he go do that after he told the guy what was gonna happen. That's that's what Lance Lynn feels like. He's on the mound. Here it comes. Here you go. And, and he yeah, he throws. Found, he, yeah, I, I was saying he he throws. It's basically the same pitch too. Every I mean he throws a variation of this, a three variations of the same pitch, which is incredible for a modern day major league pitcher to have that much success with only throwing only throwing three pitches is one thing, but it's the same pitch slightly different. Well, Mariano made a Hall of Fame career out of one pitch and he just threw it differently and he just threw it perfectly. And that's what Lance Lynn's having that kind of year. Well, the, know, difference with, today. the difference with Mar- uh, the difference with Mariano, I think, is he was a closer, right? So he didn't have to worry about facing guys multiple times in a night. It was like, I'm going to go out, show you my best pitch, show three guys my best pitch. None of them are going to be able to hit it, and I don't have to worry about facing them again. A starter like Lance Lynn, he's going to face these guys three times if he has a mm-hmm. good start. So by the third time through, they're still whiffing on his stuff. That's incredible. That's true. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, I guess that's my co-host, Trash Panda. 
he will be here today, and he will also be dialing up the likes of Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. We will talk to him at 11.20 or so about Cubs Sox, and maybe he can tell us what the manager is doing, the, the captain bullpen is doing with a bullpen. Uh, at noon, Odyssey expert writer for, for Odyssey for the score, Cam Ellis. We will talk some bears. It is uh, Adam's lord and savior, Justin Fields, taking the field as a starter. I'm in. Yeah. And he played in that. You have reports of an epic Madden game. Yes, I do. Epic Madden-O-Mancy. A what? Madden-O-Mancy. Mancy is, uh, okay, like Arthromancy or Anthropomancy is, Mancy's a study of, so it's a study of anthropology. It's it's divine, divining the future based on reading the entrails of a human being. Okay. That's what anthropomancy is. So okay. you've done Maddenomancy, whereas you've divined the future of the Bears opener by playing Madden of the Bears and Rams. True. It's very true. So there you go. Now now you're smarter. Uh, 1220, you're going to force Grody on the air. He's going to when is Grody on? He's not on this show. He should be on this show. It is his show. He's not on this show. But he's going to be on another show what time? Oh, uh, tonight he's going to be on after the Bears game. So once okay. the Bears game is over, he's going to do some post-game coverage. Tune to the score when the Bears game is over and Mark Grody will be here and hopefully not talking about a Justin Fields injury and he's out for the season. Oh, so so don't, don't speak that evil, man. But we Wait, break. you don't think it's possible? Have you seen that offensive line? We have no idea what the offensive line is going to be. So Jason Peters... Might play, maybe not. Jermaine Effetti, maybe play, maybe not. James Daniels, I don't know who you got. And when's the last time we saw David Montgomery? Can he block the blitzer coming free? Rob Schaefer will be here, NBC Sports Chicago, talking bulls. They did stuff. They did stuff. They cleaned out the guard pack stuff. All but two of the... Uh, it's, it's quite a list of guard packs, first-round draft picks, that are no longer here. So we will discuss that. We will discuss White Sox-Cubs with uh, Josh Nelson of Sox Machine. This is Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum, and, and there's Trash Panda. You know, we never got Trash Panda. We never got around to sweet Alice's email to you to underscore. That was a while ago. I don't know what, what Shooter's up to, but we'll catch up with that. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, and two again. Here we go. Struck him out. This zany ride to the finish line is finally over. Unbuckle your seatbelts. Sox are 4 0 against the Cubs. Thanks to NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti on the final call uh, after the, I think it was a 13 hour game last night. Cubs, Sox. Only 13? yeah, it was just unbelievable. You're the guy who keeps track of every game's trash panda. I was going to march down night. all the time. I no, I marked the time for Cubs games, but I you know it was a Cubs Sox game last night. But I only marked the time for games that I work. I didn't work last night, thankfully, because I would have gotten maybe two hours of sleep. Yeah, and it was just and what it kept going on. It might still be scoring for all we know. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday suckage. Uh, we're going to suck so you don't have to. The Cubs appear to be hopeless with that inexcusably minor league lineup roster. We're going to go to the Scores Hotline now, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And welcome in from Sox Machine, Josh Nelson. Josh, are you okay? Yeah, I, I'm good. What a pitcher's duel last night. I am sure yeah. Circa was really happy to get all that money uh, from all those under bets <laughs> from last night. The over-under was nine and a half, and the over-hit in the third inning. We have Josh Nelson from Sox Machine talking uh, Cubs and Sox. And so, Yasmani Grandal entered the chat, and he yeah. did so in a way yesterday that was, I, I don't know how you ask for that, how you expect that, how you believe it. Uh, evidently, LaRusso said he's been doing a lot of work. So, what Grandall did in the Grandall scheme of things, and the way this lineup looks now compared to when everybody was getting hurt and going down, this is a this last month makes the Sox look different. I think more imposing. How do you scout this? How do you describe this? Well, it's like we finally get to see the Death Star fully operational. Uh, last night was the first time the Chicago White Sox had 
what we thought would be their opening day lineup. And when you add Yasmani Grandal back into the lineup, and before even last night, with the return of Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, the White Sox were bottom five in Major League Baseball at home runs hit. Aloy and Luis come back, and Jose Abreu, who is a totally different player in the month of August, uh, they were in the league league for home runs. And now they lead the American League in home runs since July 30th. So you're seeing the power from the White Sox. And with Grandal, you're going to see a lot of walks. And it kind of rubs off on everybody else in the team. Uh, last night, the White Sox had nine walks to just two strikeouts. You would have to go all the way back to 2007 for the last time the White Sox had that type of ratio as a team. Uh, Jim Tomey had a five-walk game in that 2007 game against the Texas Rangers as they walked nine times and only struck out twice. So you're right, Steve. When you add in Grandal and now Aloy is back and Robert is back, this offense is totally different than we saw from the first half of the year. How do we watch this team moving forward? Well, it's tough to do in this next week because you got the Cubs for two more games and you got the Pirates Tuesday and Wednesday. We're not going to learn anything about the White Sox against these two teams. But I'm circling on the calendar. They have a nine-game stretch upcoming where they go to Oakland for three. Then, they go, then they're back home where they face the Boston Red Sox. They get a day off, and then they face the Angels and Shohei Otani. Those nine games, I think it gives us the best opportunity to see just how well prepared this White Sox offense is as we inch closer to October. This next week, it's going to be fun. They're going to post big-time results, but that nine-game stretch against Oakland, Boston, and the Angels will tell us more. Josh, I have questions about Dallas Keuchel. Over his last 10 starts, he has over a 7 ERA, which is, if you're wondering, not good. And I was going to ask, is that it's, good? It's, that's not good. <laughs> that, is, that is bad, in fact. So I, the idea has been put in my head Lawrence Holmes I know was talking about this and he's not the only one like could there is a legitimate possibility that if he does not pitch better in his next few starts how do you justify putting him on the postseason roster you don't I think if Dallas Keuchel speaks to the media which he's, he's supposed to before today's game because he was a uh, quote-unquote too upset to talk last night to the media after his disastrous start if Keuchel truly believes that he's going to pitch a postseason game in October, he's delusional. It is a far cry between he and Dylan Cease. And I am expecting the White Sox to go four deep in the American League Divisional Series with Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Lucas Giolito, and Cease. And why not? All four of them have been pitching incredibly well. You can't afford to put Dallas Keuchel in a must-win situation on the mound right now. Because you're going to get what you saw against the Cubs, and you're going to get what you saw against Tampa Bay. He's not locating. His cutters and sinkers down the middle of the plate don't work. He needs to work on the edges. He can't locate on the edges. That's why in his last 10 starts, it's a 7 ERA. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, Adam, because that's a pretty big sample size. That's one-third of your workload as a starting pitcher in the major leagues when you in today's baseball, you're expected to make 30 plus starts and you got a seven ERA. Like this brings even questions into next year. If he doesn't improve 
in the sense of how much longer are you going to deal with this? Uh, and do you try to limit his innings so if you prevent his vesting option for the 2023 season and you can start saving some money? Keuchel has to pitch better. I think he's still going to make the start every fifth day. There could be an argument that maybe Ronaldo Lopez deserves that starting spot instead of Dallas Keuchel. But I do, I do not expect Keuchel to pitch at all in October. There's no point even having him in the bullpen. I keep seeing, well, he's got to go to the bullpen. Why? What, like, what is the positive impact of somebody who throws 87 miles per hour down the zone? But like there is no benefit to that. That's, so yeah, if he, I, if he oh, can't sorry. start, he's not going to be in October. I I fully agree with you. And my follow up on Keuchel is it, what what the hell was wrong with him? Because he was outside of Giolito, the only him and Giolito, I should say, were the only reliable starting pitchers for the White Sox last year. Right. So what the hell has happened to him? I, I it's it's mind boggling to me that he could have been so consistent and s- deliver every single start last season. I know it was just 60 games, but and mm-hmm. now this year he comes out and basically from the jump has just been bad. The cutter's terrible. You'll hear Steve Stone call out the cutter all the time. Next time you got Steve Stone on the station, ask him about Keiko's cutter, and he'll tell you it's a terrible pitch. Uh, so that's really hurt him. So he can't bust righties in the inside corner because he can't hit the inside corner. And his cutter's blowing over uh, over the middle of the plate and getting smashed. The sinker's not that great. So you don't want him to throw a four seam at all because that's not a very good pitch. It's a 10-start sample size. That's pretty significant for a starting pitcher. He's not located. And as a veteran that throws 88-87, you, you can only serve all of the pitches. And if you're doing neither of them, that's how you're giving up six runs to the Chicago Cubs in the first inning. His ERA, by the way, Cargo's ERA in the first inning is 6.12. That's a sample from this season, which means also it went bad, down yesterday. Way, yes. Only allowing six, it went down <laughs> yesterday. Okay, I think here's, what, here's the way this plays out. This is the way I, I don't know how you finesse it with a veteran you have respect for. He was quite vocal. He tur- he, in some ways, his words turned last season around. Um, and when he when he sort of smacked the, the hubris out of the Cubs when they were what eight and nineteen or whatever it was, and and he had some strong words, and they turned things around. So they have to finesse it. But he didn't talk yesterday. Whatever he was upset about, maybe the White Sox said, "You're not going to talk. We're going to fake an injury for you. You're going to be ready for next spring training. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what often. That's what can happen today." When Dallas Keuchel and he starts explaining, I just felt so. I've had something for for oh, say the last ten starts, and I just can't shake it. I need to go get treatment, and we'll see how that works. And he's been so bad, they they won't even let him watch the playoffs. That's where that goes. But <laughs> but the 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 manager, captain, manager, the the bullpen manager of all time. Why was Craig Kimbrell in a game you're leading by a touchdown? Why? Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. is he trying to turn? Is he, Does he have a contract bonus to make ex-Cub pitchers look awful? I I don't know. Ryan Tapera, after his first appearance with the White Sox, has been awesome. So credit to Ryan Tapera. He's throwing great. I, I don't know what's going on with Kimbrough. 
Like, this is bad. I mean, we're going back to the seven ERA. He's got a 7.12 ERA with the White Sox. And home runs are flying out of the ballpark. And the conversation always is, well, Kimbrell can only pitch well in a safe situation. Come on. He, no, I, I, I refuse to buy that. You cannot be that psychologically picky about how and when you pitch. You can't. I, one, I would figure that Kimbrell would be excited as a veteran that he gets an opportunity to chase another World Series ring being traded from the Cubs to the White Sox. I'm just not seeing that type of enthusiasm out of Kimball. And if the roles do need to switch, sure, Liam Hendricks can then be the White Sox relief ace when the postseason comes around. That he's the first guy coming out of the bullpen in the seventh inning, and he takes you through innings seven and eight and hands it off to Craig Kimbrell, if that's the only inning and only situation that Kimbrell can amp himself up and pitch at his best. I got a lot of questions about Craig Kimbrell. Uh, I don't want to be a meatball on your on your show this afternoon. So oh, I'm go ahead. This is Saturday second. You're welcome to it. Yeah, we encourage that. I, I, I mean, it, it's kind of like being a diva. Like, really? You can only pitch in the ninth in a save situation? Like, what happens if it's Game 7 of the World Series and it goes to extra innings? Tony La Russa can't go to you because you can't amp yourself up? You can't get that adrenaline flowing to be the lockdown pitcher to close out the game? Like, it, it brings a lot of questions. That's why I don't want to buy into White Sox fans saying, well, he's got to pitch in the ninth. That's the only time he's comfortable in. Like, there's just no way. You are a pitcher. You have a job. When you get called out of the bullpen, you go to the mound, and you try to strike everyone out. You don't want to give up home runs. You don't want to allow base hits. You want to shut down that inning. And Kimbrell hasn't been doing that at all. And he's been throwing in multiple situations with the White Sox. And this is a bad first impression. The thought process was excellent for Rick Hahn to acquire Craig Kimbrell. So this isn't like Rick Hahn made a bad trade. This is on Craig Kimbrell not pitching well. And luckily, the White Sox have a 10-game lead in the American League Central. He's got time to figure it out. But I don't know how anyone has any confidence if you hear the name Craig Kimbrell coming out of the bullpen in the American League Divisional Series, if it is against the Houston Astros. Like, is he going to be the guy that was with the Cubs and was automatic? Or are we going to see another meltdown? And since, since he's joined the White Sox the past month, it's been more meltdowns. But Josh, Josh, here's I understand your point, and in theory that's right. You're a pitcher, pitch. You pitch when I. Steve Stone often repeats. I think it was Chuck Tanner who said your role is to pitch when I give you the ball. But that fails when you're in real life. The reality is you have to manage the pitcher who's there. You have to manage all the pitchers who are there. What we have is we have a Liam Hendricks saying, I don't care, give me the ball. One, two innings, I'll pitch all you want. I don't care which innings they are, I want to win. And if Kimbrell is much more successful in the ninth inning, and he was the best reliever in baseball when when the White Sox acquired him, and Tony La Russa refused to use him solely in the ninth inning and take Liam Hendricks up on his offer, then that's some bad managing. You're not managing the pitchers that are there, or you're just experimenting with those who are there, and hoping that it doesn't hurt them 
the rest of the season because he's trying to figure right. out what he's got and what innings. That's the way I see this going. It's a, Craig Kimbrell's supposed to get outs, but if the manager doesn't put him in a, a position to succeed or doesn't know who that pitcher is, then, then the team is being wronged with that kind of approach. And we could be having a battle of egos, right? Tony La Russa may think, no, I want to use you in this role. And Kimbrell's saying, well, I'm not comfortable in this role. Both of them have a very long track record in what they do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we'll see in who budgets. I think Tony La Russa budgets. I think moving forward, for example, if tonight is like six to three, I'm half expecting Kimbrell to come out in the ninth to get the save. I do think we're going to make this transition because you're right, Steve. Hendricks just wants to pitch every day, and he wants to win. And Hendricks doesn't have what Kimbrell has, which is a World Series ring. Uh, So Hendricks is a bit more hungry, and that's why I think in the postseason, just like we've seen with Josh Hader and Andrew Miller in the past postseasons, we could see Liam Hendricks be that guy where we see him often pitching multiple innings in the postseason to get the ball to Kimbrell to close it out and get the save. But it's going to be fingers crossed, edge of your seat, can Kimbrell lock it down? And we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's the thing. I don't trust Kimbrell at all right now. Even if he comes out in the ninth in a close game tonight, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. I have more faith in Hendricks overall at the moment. Yeah, because... uh, And even though, isn't Kimbrell's ERA in the ninth inning, I think, is still zero, right? At least the last time I checked, like, four days ago, I think it still was. Well, until yesterday. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Of course, until yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay, so it's not anymore. My bad. (laughs) I should also note that I... I, I told you before we came on, Josh, like I, I went to bed at like 1030, assuming the game is over. I think it was like 13 or 14 to seven at the time. I wake up yeah. and the final score is 17 to 13. I'm like, what the heck happened in the, <laughs> in, the, in the last three innings of this game? But anyway, as we start to wrap up with you, Josh, I, I had a question that Steve kind of posed to me as we got going today. And it was your perspective coming into this Cubs Sox series, because it felt to me like the series, even in when it was in Wrigley, doesn't have the same intensity if you're looking at it as like a fan because the Cubs yeah. are so bad and we know the White Sox are just glaringly the better team. Yeah. yeah there's no excitement. There's really little buzz. It's almost like another series. It, it's kind of like if the Kansas City Royals came into town. The expectation is the White Sox should win this series, if not sweep. And it's more fun when you see Cubs fans and, you know, you're jabbing each other as far as with jokes and a little trash talking. But the product in the field, everybody understands. Those that cover the White Sox, those that cover the Cubs, these are way different quality of teams. And it wasn't that long ago, you know, 2018, uh, that was a similar story. The Cubs were a far superior team and the White Sox were on their way to lose 100 games in a season. Uh, one day we're going to have these two teams be on top of their game, uh, like 2008, and it will really bring the excitement when you got two first-place teams facing each other. I think it's going to be a while before we see that, unless the Ricketts family changes their mind. Uh, but, yeah, it, you're still going to have a sellout crowd. It's going to be super loud tonight when the White Sox hit some home runs. But, yeah, this year, the Crosstown Cup, 
it's flat. There's very little buzz, and it is because the Cubs are not very good. Well, we'll look forward to, for the White Sox' sake, not being very good today. Lance Lynn can end, end, uh, end the series, win it, and you move along from there. Josh, thanks for yep. your time. We appreciate it. No problem. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you. You, you too. Josh Nelson, Sox Machine, was our guest. We'll take a break when we come back. Um, I know, I know who gets. To, I know who could put Justin Fields in the opener. I know who gets Justin Fields on the field for the Bears' real football game, the opener. Even though Trash Panda, your your Lord and Savior, is starting tonight's useless game uh, against Tennessee. I got an idea of who gets them on the field in the opener. We'll talk about that next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I just say the, the little things, the little intricacies within the plays, and um, just, you know, repping every play and uh, getting it down, uh, just getting reps after reps after reps. But, um, yeah, the thing with the huddle and stuff like that, I feel comfortable with it now. So um, now it's just, you know, focusing on the little things now that I have the base under me and just getting better every day. Justin Fields, all the intricacies, intricacies, all those things, all those details. He's your starting quarterback tonight in the third practice game. It's in Tennessee. It's on the road. Maybe he'll have an offensive line. Maybe they will have the guys who will actually be the starting offensive line. We have no idea who's going to play. The Bears don't say. They don't have to say. We don't know who's healthy, who's going to make the trip. I don't know. But. Justin Fields is going to start, and we'll see how long he goes. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda on Saturday Suckage hey. Today. Yeah. So here's who gets Justin Fields into the opener. Probably in the first quarter of that night's game. Aaron Donald, that's who. You look at that offensive line, and you look at Andy Dalton, and you look at Aaron Donald, and I say Aaron Donald makes it happen. He'll find a way to... He's, he's going to get to Andy Dalton. I don't know if Andy Dalton will get up once Aaron Donald gets to him. And there's Justin Fields on the field in the opener, just as the NFL wanted when it put the Bears in the Sunday night slot against the Rams. That's the way I see it, Trash Panda, because I don't, I don't know that Andy Dalton is mobile enough he he that might is, be able to get rid of the ball quickly but i just see big injury coming right there i it's hard to disagree with that because he andy dalton that is is not necessarily known as a mobile court not that he's like a total statue back there but he's certainly not a guy that we've ever associated with running the the ball well and we know that the Rams defensive front is going to get to the quarterback in that game. Like it's going to happen. The, 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 the front, the middle of the line, I'm not so worried about from Whitehair to Mustafer to Daniels, not too worried about them. I'm more worried about the player to be named later at left tackle and the probably Jermaine Effetti at right tackle. Or I, I guess we know the left tackle is going to be Jason Peters. M- most likely we'll, we'll see, right? If he's, able to play a full game at that point but uh, you're that's an absolute possibility Andy Dalton could get so beat up in that game that they're forced to bring in a new quarterback I I hope it doesn't happen I don't want to see I don't want the Justin Fields era to start because of Andy Dalton getting hurt like you never want to root for that 
And all that being said, I am glad that you touched on this because that, that Madden game you referenced earlier that I played last night in which I started a franchise with the Bears and played their week one game against the Rams. Of course, my first move with the franchise was to elevate Justin Fields to starting quarterback because I'm not crazy and I know he's the best quarterback on the roster. And the whole reason I got the game... <laughs> Trash band and Nagy right there. And the whole reason I got the game is... <laughs> Because I wanted to play with Justin Fields. So I'm not going to sit here and act like Andy Dalton's going to start against the Rams. So anyway, the Justin Fields, first of all, is the reason I was able to win that game. Because the last drive, I'm down by a point. And I don't know, I was somewhere close to my own 40-yard line. Clock's running. There's 40 seconds left. I'm in no huddle. And I dial up a play where Allen Robinson is running a post route or not a post route, sorry, a corner route on the left side of the, on the left side of the field. I drop back. I immediately see pressure coming from one Aaron Donald. <laughs> and so it's I, scrim- yeah, right. Yeah. It's w- really weird, right? How did Aaron Donald get through that line? I have no idea. And so I run out to my left. Justin Fields is not only able to outrun Aaron Donald to his left. So he's running to his left, outrunning, the, what, three-time defensive player of the year, four-time, I lost count now, and Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the league, outrunning him, and Aaron Donald's not slow. Like, he is a quick human being. Justin Fields is then able to, I see Allen Robinson 40 yards downfield, no, not 40, maybe 35 yards downfield, decided to take a prayer shot because I need to get rid of the ball anyway. Justin Fields throws an absolute frozen rope to Allen Robinson on the sideline, who makes the catch, and I end up winning the game with a field goal at the buzzer. Like It was incredible, and I know it's just a video game, but in no world, fake or real, could Andy Dalton do that. Andy, like Just outrunning Aaron Donald, period, to be able to make a play there, Justin Fields can do that. Maybe he can't make that throw to Allen Robinson. That might have been a little unrealistic, especially because I was running so hard to the left. But... The ability for him to escape pressure is going to save his life, number one, and it's something that Andy Dalton cannot do. And we are going to see it all night in that Sunday night game against the Rams. What the Bears are telling you is that Andy, you're right, Andy Dalton can't outrun anything the way Justin Fields can. They're telling you that Andy Dalton can get rid of the ball out of self-preservation faster than Justin Fields, especially Justin Fields is, and here's the part of the irony or the silliness of Matt Nagy with you right here. He continually, in in various ways, criticized Mitch Trubisky, who looked checked down to touchdown. That's the order he went. He couldn't really read the field, but that's a whole nother thing that Matt Nagy couldn't figure out. Justin Fields looks touchdown to check down. He's going to hold the ball longer. He's going to rely on what you were talking about, his elusiveness. And and that Matt Nagy will try to sell you on the idea that Andy Dalton knows where to throw the ball because he can read blitzes when they come at you with different defenses when it changes pre-snap and Justin Fields can't read that, maybe putting himself in danger, maybe developing bad habits. That's what they're hedging on. And there's truth to that. 
But Andy Dalton's not going to run an offense that's going to hurt anybody deep because of that, because that offensive line, because he's going to have to get the ball real quick. Exactly. And I think we're all in agreement. I don't know anybody that thinks Andy Dalton's going to play more than a few games. Like, If he plays more than three games, if by the fourth game we're not screaming universally for Andy Dalton, for, excuse me, for Justin Fields, then something, then, then Andy Dalton has just somehow played out of his mind and the Bears are 4-0, which they're going to be lucky to be 2-2 two and two after a month. So just because two of the teams they play are really good and two of the teams they play are actually beatable. So it's going to happen. Like it, it, it can't not happen this year. You can't go an entire freaking year with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. I think Matt Nagy knows it. He has said it. He has said it without saying it. He has Mm -hmm. said that Justin Fields playing, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said that Justin Fields' playing time as a starting quarterback is almost entirely dependent on how Andy Dalton plays. Mm -hmm. So I think the second we see Andy Dalton play bad, could be an entire half against the Rams. All right, you're out, kid. And he was Matt Nagy showed he's not slow to hook a guy who's playing bad when he did it last year with Mitch against the Falcons. Mitch was playing terribly. Matt Matt Nagy said, okay, enough of this. I'm putting in Nick Foles, and they won the game. And Matt Nagy is going to make sure that Dalton sucks because he's given Dalton the worst play caller on the staff, which is himself, Matt Nagy. We've seen that. So here is congratulations, Trash Panda. It's one thing to be Trash Panda and and producing Saturday Suckage. But on our text line, and the text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Our text number, 312-644-6767. Both 708 and, of course, 815, where the Wake and Bake show lives. Here's the 815 text. Saturday Suckage is talking about video games as real life. I need to get my bong. And the 708, is Trash Panda really breaking down the season opener via a video game? LOL, loading my bong now. Congratulations, Trash Panda. Oh, thank you. you. It's what I'm here to do. You made it as part of card Smoke weed every day. There you go. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk to Odyssey writer, score writer, score expert, Cam Ellis about said Bears and said quarterback tonight going forward. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. The WB Club just got called into session by breaking down the season opener on a video game. Well, damn right we did. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.